this morning, I think I've written probably on the worst topic I could ever pick. Not because what is said, but because I can't stand having my feet touched. In fact, I can't even touch somebody else's feet. To me, feet are gross. For years and years, I've never had anybody touch my feet. Some years ago, uh, when our family was a lot younger, we went on a family camp. To my surprise, I was uh, one of the group leaders. Well, that was okay. But as the group leader, at the start of the camp, I had to wash everybody else's feet in my group. It was probably the worst thing I've ever done in my life. I'm still emotionally, you can see it, can't you? I'm still emotionally scarred from that event. I am not a person that would go for a pedicure, let me assure you. Well, washing somebody else's feet is very humbling. It is both an intimate and pretty basic sort of act. And we see that in our reading this morning. This is a scene of both the beginning and the end. It is the beginning of the build-up to the crucifixion, but it is the end in that it is the climax of everything that Jesus has done so far. You can hear it in the way John starts with now. In the first three verses, John gives us a detailed introduction introduction to both the foot washing scene and basically the rest of his gospel. Understanding what John is saying here is not only what the foot washing meant, but also what Jesus' death and resurrection means. Let's look at the passage. Firstly, Up front, John mentions Passover. One thing we should know about John is that when he mentions a Jewish festival, he wants us to understand that Jesus is applying it to himself. Right from the start of John's Gospel, Passover has been the greatest of the Jewish festivals. And of course, Jesus is the Passover lamb in chapter 1, verses 29 to 36. And in chapter 2, John tells us that Jesus spoke at the Passover of the temple being destroyed and then being rebuilt in three days, meaning himself. In chapter 6, he fed a crowd at Passover and even then he spoke about feeding them with his body and blood. Now back in Jerusalem... John doesn't explain the Passover meal itself. Rather, he explains what the meal is about and how it points to beyond the meal to the coming events the next day. The second thing that John tells us um, was that Jesus' time had come. Just prior to today's reading in chapter 12, Jesus says, 
The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. So we can see how Jesus sees where things are going. But John has put a new slant on it. Time is not simply time to die, although that is part of what it means. But don't get it wrong. Jesus didn't just die and go to heaven. John is clear that after his death, he first was raised to new life, then meets the disciples, and then goes to the Father. It is this complexity that means when he says he's going to the Father. Thirdly, and I think for John most importantly, is the phrase, he loved them to the end. John has already described Jesus as the good shepherd who loves his sheep and they loved him back in chapter 10. And the greatest thing that the shepherd could do was to lay his life down. It is saying that he loved them to the utmost. There was nothing that love could not do for them, that he couldn't do for them. Well, that's the first verse of the reading done. This could be a long sermon, couldn't it? Well, it does quicken up from here. The second and third verses prepare the way. First, there is Judas. It is interesting that when John is talking about Jesus' great love for his followers, that he describes the devil as um, putting the idea of betrayal into the heart of Jesus. This is the scene where love is betrayed, not just portrayed. And in in verse 3, we have uh, John gives us the full picture. The word who who was with God, the word who was God, became flesh. He lays aside his clothes of glory and puts on our own human nature and washes feet. The washing of feet and the crucifixion to which it points was Jesus' way of showing who God was and is. Whilst the brief uh, distraction of Peter as misunderstanding things yet again might first sound rather funny, in fact, it is very serious. Jesus must wash us if we are to belong to him. Yet, he has already washed us in calling us to belong to him. What we need, day by day, is the regular washing of those parts of ourselves, our personalities, our bodies, which get dusty and dirty. When Peter objects to Jesus washing him, it is also it also reflects the other times when Peter objected to Jesus going to the cross. It is clear that they still have no idea of what Jesus has to do and why. So Jesus gives them and us a pattern, a pattern to copy. The Greek would hear it as giving them 
a picture or example to follow. Unfortunately, it is not about washing feet. It is all about pride. That is why this example of Jesus is so hard. Jesus is insisting that the slave is no greater than the master. The person who is sent is no greater than the person who sent him. When we do wash feet in churches today, it seems to be a sign of leadership. When Jesus did it, it was the role of the slave. When we do it, we are doing what Jesus did and often we are doing it to build our own authority. It's not often you see the, uh, the ordinary person of the church washing people's feet these days. It's always the lead minister. That's why it's wrong. <laughs> Fortunately, our reading finishes uh, with a way forward. And again, John draws our attention by saying again, now. A little later in John, he explains that uh, the only way forward is through love. And what better way than the great commandment from Jesus to love one another, just as I have loved you, so that you must love one another. This is how everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. What a great statement. That is the only way we can get rid of pride. Whilst it is uh, described as a new commandment, though, love actually is a central part of the Old Testament. In the book of Leviticus, um, the commandment to the Israelites was to love your neighbour as yourself. So they are not new words, but they are a new mode of love. The depth and type of this love is totally new. Well, it hasn't been easy for the disciples up to this point. And it's not easy for us sometimes. But Jesus is still asking us to copy him. Like the foot washing, he's asking us to look back over our whole lives. His whole way and manner of his life and find a pattern, a shape, an example, a power. And in that pattern, there is a notion of being a slave and act through love. A love that is all about the other person. Over this Easter, we need to pause and reflect on how in the strange purpose of God, Love and betrayal, glory and denial go so close together. As I've said often, when, when Jesus died on the cross, the world changed. May this Good Friday help you to see the pattern of Jesus' life and where it differs from yours. And to be a time that you can reflect on what Jesus is asking you to wash out of your life. 
and to follow his way, his way of love. Amen.